0: Spoiler alert, this episode contains spoilers for all episodes of Happy Endings. You're listening to Jack Loves TV. I'm Jack Kelly, and each week I sit down with one of my friends and discuss one of our favorite TV shows. This week, I'm joined by my friend Mike Solari, and we're talking about one of my favorite shows, Happy Endings. Hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> so glad you're here. Um, you want to tell the people kind of like who you are? Like, what kind of shows do you watch? Well, what? you
1: you had a, some difficulty saying the word friends, so... I, I don't know if, if we can call me a friend, friends but, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh yeah my name is mike um i live in los angeles i do comedy i read and watch and run marathons uh i work in talent management and development and uh, in hollywood california where it all happens and what do i watch on tv i watch a lot on tv uh Especially right now, Sundays alone, there's eleven shows I watch. So, uh, what do I watch? What am I liking a lot? I uh, am loving what Legion's doing. It's very weird. It's very much like The Prisoner, and it's in sixty like sixties drug trips, and it doesn't make sense, and it's amazing. Um, I think Homeland is having its best season ever this year, and it's 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 outstandingly amazing how how good it's been uh comedies and i'm only doing what's on the air there's a lot off the air that i'm not going to get into oh for sure but uh comedies i think brooklyn 99 has been doing amazing things yes um and i there are still some episodes of the simpsons that come out and they're really interesting and surprising and with format and stuff like that that they've done so i mean i don't want to keep going on and on about tv <laughs> i feel like you do enough of that but yeah
0: right uh my coworker actually just was talking to me about Legion. It's been on my list, and he just binged the whole first season this weekend.
1: The first season's
0: pretty amazing, and this season's been okay.
1: But I feel like I'm in good hands. It's got a. It's just so perfectly like in what it is. It's like the they have fight scenes, but the fight scenes are like done in interpretive dance, and you. It's like that's what's showing what the fight scene represents. And one of the, and Jermaine Clement is like part, the bad guy is multiple people. And one of them is Jermaine Clement. The other is Aubrey Plaza. And they like embody the same people. I love it. Yeah. It's just, and you'll like it because there's a girl who has the ability to switch bodies with anyone they touch. And she does it with cats. She just changes. She goes into a cat's body and the cat takes over her
0: body. What? I love it. Yeah. Uh if this is your first time listening we record at my apartment and I have two cats who like two cats two cats um and who like to just shower everybody with affection and they are great so i cats are great
1: i'm also i mean i got a lot of stuff on the uh like netflix queue to check out i want to oh, check out wild wild country i want to watch wormwood there's like just tons of stuff kind of
0: my Netflix queue is Lock. so embarrassing. Yeah, because backlogged. There's so much stuff. I love that it's called my list on Netflix, but it's still called the queue because it's just it's just the lineup of things that I should be watching. I'm trying to watch uh, Kevin at work or Kevin from work before it leaves Netflix this week.
1: That like one season show from like ABC Family.
0: Yes, Noah Reed, who's on Schitt's Creek, was the lead on that and what what
1: what what shits Creek
0: oh my god what, you what, know what is, what, what is that <laughs> don't even don't even he knows he knows how obsessed I am with that show so let's go into it let's go into some tv news there wasn't a whole lot happening this week there's a lot more information on renewals and we're kind of getting ready for May sweeps as well as seeing the pilots that the sh- that the networks are picking up so the two big pieces that I have is, a while ago, Martin Freeman had made a comment about how the overzealous fans for Sherlock really kind of ruined it for him, and I get it. I've met Sherlock fans. They're nuts. But Benedict Cumberbatch actually finally responded to that by saying that his his response in saying that he was over it due to the overzealous fans was a pathetic excuse or pathetic reason, which... I think is interesting that now we're commenting on the fan culture ruining it for actors. What do you think?
1: I'm not going to touch that with fan culture <laughs> and you. I'm not going I'm not going to touch that.
0: Hey, it's I get uncomfortable with fan culture. I mean, I've seen
1: but aren't extremes. You also like you're like one of the few people I know who's like, this is fan fiction, and this is... It's great. And this is a like subcategories of fan fiction, and I'm sure there's types of fan fiction, of names of which I do not know. Yep. You know them.
0: That's true, and we're not going to go into them, but... Uh, but that's why I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> but I mean, I do... I, I, I understand where Martin Freeman's coming from in saying the Overzealous fans kind of ruined it for him, but at the same time, it comes with the territory. You were part of a popular thing... They helped get you the career that you have, and to say that that's the reason why you aren't into it anymore is a pathetic reason. I kind of, I agree with both of them simultaneously. The other thing that I want to go into that we've been kind of tracking on the show has been the wage disparity between uh, Claire Foy and Matt Smith on The Crown. Matt Smith has finally come out and spoken about the wage disparity. He supports Claire Foy. He supports the wage parity in getting her paid as much as him, which, I mean, that's a given. I would be extremely disappointed in Matt Smith if he said otherwise as a Doctor Who fan. So I'm I'm glad to see that everybody's kind of on the same page about the wage parity thing.
1: Yeah, it's difficult when you come into a series, especially one that needs a high budget to make it, because it's period piece and all that stuff with the crown. Also, when they're negoti coming from the the business side, uh, you w- when you're negotiating deals, most of the time you're not calling the other person who's already there. You you sometimes do to say, hey, what did your guy get? So that way you know what they're gonna do. But certain roles are budgeted differently. While well, she is the lead. I'm not aware of what Claire Foy was doing before The Crown, but I was aware of what Matt Smith was. And there is Matt Smith carrying the Doctor Who stuff. It does bring bring an audience of people who will follow what people do immensely. It's the same reason why Doctor Who fans will tune into something they're not so sure of and watch something like The Leftovers or Broadchurch or... Something like that because they're going to follow these people that they know they like and have charm and stuff like that. That being the case after the fact, she wins awards, the show becomes popular. Usually another th- problem is renegotiations don't come into play until around season three or four. So because of that and it's going into the third season, it becomes a thing. Sure, it's it's also just very difficult to say, okay, everybody has to get paid the same But wait, okay, so how do we do this? Because certain people bring more to them that could be worth something, and then you say there's gender or racial or uh, disparities. There's a lot going into everything, and no one wants to make that decision. The the reason I think people, when you look at the example like Michelle Williams and uh, Mark Wahlberg on All the Money in the World, the reason that that seemed absurd is because they were working their agents were working in the same building and they easily could have just walked over and said hey what is mark getting? and they could have been like whoa, "Whoa, whoa wait a minute and it could have been closer i don't even think it has to be different it just has to be close
0: yeah yeah and i i agree it is you do see that matt smith does have a large pull from especially the doctor who fan base but at the same time it's there's a there's a huge difference between somebody who is playing the title character and somebody who's not, and she's being paid less than him. And it's I'll just also say that thread.
1: Netflix is a notoriously cheap thing due to the fact that, and I, it's not saying like I did, I'm harping on Netflix. I love Netflix. It's just that business affairs have one, they have a job and that is to keep everything as cheap as it can. And when you are technically a new media you are allowed some leeway in how what scale is and what's what's the minimum I can actually pay somebody, and then what does that look like as opposed to a regular network show or a cable show? And maybe you're getting, it's just it's hard to it's hard to say. Um, it's the world we live in, and people are always like, "Well, they have a lot of money; they should be able to pay the money." The reason companies have a lot of money is because they don't pay a lot of money.
0: Yep. Yep, I got no comments on that, except to say yes, that is 100% accurate across the board, regardless of industry, not just entertainment. Hooray capitalism. So moving on to just renewals and cancellations, lots and lots of renewals, especially from CBS. We have Grey's Anatomy just got renewed for 15th season. Other renewals, At Home with Amy Sedaris, Hawaii Five-0, Blue Bloods, MacGyver, Bull, Madam Secretary, NCIS Los Angeles, NCIS New Orleans, The Amazing Race, Survivor, 48 Hours, 60 Minutes, The Last OG, and Search Party all got renewed this week. And a couple cancellations, Ash versus Evil Dead got cancelled. Living Biblically may as well have been cancelled, got pulled from the schedule and is replaced by Big Bang Theory reruns. Wait, so- has that show aired yet? living biblical yeah yeah it's aired a couple of episodes oh then
1: their market the, the, yeah i didn't know about that. i mean i'm aware of the show i'm just not aware that it aired
0: yeah, yeah. seven seconds on netflix got canceled and oh, now i'm not gonna watch it yeah and sorry to say but they've announced that homeland will be ending with season oh eight. no i know so that is the cancellation roundup so at least did there's, you see there's a lot of heartbreaking stuff this week did you
1: see bruce campbell's letter no Oh, a long time ago, uh or I shouldn't say a long time ago, a couple of weeks ago, he said if Ash vs the Evil Dead is ever cancelled, that's gonna I'm not gonna ever reprise the role of Ash ever again. So after they made the announcement he wrote this letter and it was basically like, Well, it's been a good run, I'm never gonna be Ash again, I'm retiring the character.
0: Wow. That's big.
1: I don't know, he's been doing it since the like eighty.
0: Yeah, but that's big. Mostly. He said he,
1: he like, read 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 it. He's basically like Ash was my film school. Was my film school it taught me how to act? It taught me. How, I got to go with him through being a young man, through being an adult, through being a, a washed up old man.
0: Like right, and I'm I'm not saying that it's big. big- for him, I'm saying it's big for him to say, Yeah, by the way, I'm done doing this franchise. Have fun, everybody. If you wanna read if you wanna reboot this with me, I'm not in. So I think that's it's big for him to say that. Well it and also says stuff about down. what they were
1: trying to do with that franchise. There was gonna be a movie, a bunch of different a sequel to the remake, and then that was actually gonna tie in and they were gonna team up both of the characters. Yeah. Um I
0: liked I actually liked the Evil Dead remake, it was good. I haven't seen it, so I cannot, I cannot speak to it, unfortunately. Okay. So let's go into the reason why we're here, and we're talking, talking Evil about. Dead. I'm talking Evil Dead. We're talking Happy Endings, which is one of my absolute favorite shows. I love Happy Endings. Uh, brief little synopsis for those who might need a refresher: It's a show about six friends: Alex, Dave, Jane, Brad, Max, and Penny. And their relationships with each other outside. It's a really, it's a Friends sitcom. It's basically a better version of Friends because it's more diverse and the characters kind of all know that they're awful people. And we all know that they're awful people because they don't shy away from the fact that they're awful people. I would argue
1: that's not what the show is at all about.
0: Oh, what would you say that it is?
1: The show is about a couple who uh, is, uh, like, engagement is... Uh, called off and it's about how they're trying to remain friends with their friend group so they can keep that together and I would argue that they the awful people thing that's how like that's how you describe it's always sunny these are awful people who are just or watching be awful and all this stuff these people I'd argue are not awful they are are more redeeming and they also the show does a thing where they instead of doing an always sunny thing where they will pit Perfectly good people and how these their lives are ruined by the characters. This show, anybody who's against them is either unhinged mentally or just bitchy.
0: Yeah, the reason I say that it's more of about the six of them because it really doesn't... After the first season, they, they kind of shy away from the Alex, Dave relationship and them having get gotten you know almost gotten married and whatnot they kind of they go back to it obviously because they start hooking up again but I don't think that that's the basis of the show especially after we got out of the first season it's very much they started relying more on the other characters and kind of emphasizing their roles and we stepped away from the wedding plot I'll also say this this is what I'll
1: talk about some of the good things first off, there's two examples of like what tv can do within this and the first is unlike a movie tonally that is just not working or is not doesn't feel right or something or something's off you can adjust and rewrite but then you got to shoot the thing and there it is it exists you see how a show can change based on feedback feedback like that they get when you make a tv show you don't make all of the first season all at once unless you're like a big cable thing. Uh, even then, you're still airing stuff after the fact. And what Happy Endings did is it pivoted in from being this kind of cookie cutter thing from what it could be to pivoting into the weird and the bizarre and the idiosyncratic. And when it did that, it worked better. And when they read, when they did, put out the episodes for the first season, they released them out of order because yeah, it's the it's one of my biggest frustrations about the first season. I actually season. think it's a good thing. People would have really re- the, the network was afraid that the people were going to be like, well, every episode's about Dave and Alex being uh, kind of mad at each other about this wedding thing. Let's move the second episode to like episode eight, and that way we're not kind of talking about it. But that kind of changes like, what's been going on. And the episode, I and uh, here's another thing about happy endings. Pound for pound, this show had the most, like, joke, 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 yes. joke, joke. It's not since, like, I don't know, Faulty Towers. Like, it's... Yep. Like not like a situational thing like Seinfeld where you're laughing because of the situation. You're laughing because someone then says something that is just a joke. And I've seen scripts for happy endings where they just wrote alternate, 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 and they would ha- they would do what they yeah. do with shows. They would have people on set and they would probably do these over and over again. But th- some of these jokes were great and very specific and idiosyncratic. Again, like yeah. some of my favorites are. You, were, what were you guys thinking? Were you guys thinking I'm bad? I'm cursed? No, I was thinking, what if Mar- uh, Mary Tyler Moore married and divorced Kieran Tyler, and then married and divorced Michael, Michael Moore, and Moore, and then they got a three way marriage with, with Dem- Mandy Moore and Demi, Demi Moore, Moore, which he go by Mary Tyler Moore, Tyler Moore, Moore and Moore. More. I was hanging out with my friend Bobby and t- and we were talking about our buddy Marty and then he was talking about Eddie Jimmy I was Eddie just Jimmy. thinking about He's that. He's like I don't think Eddie Jimmy eh- Eddie it? James almost Edward James almost goes by Eddie Jimmy almost.
0: <laughs> I literally that was the quote I was thinking of. I was like uh when he calls him Eddie Jimmy almost it's like pretty sure Edward James almost does not. And everything be goes
1: that. <laughs> everything they it was all very fast paced. Yeah. Like with the dialogue and it, it but it complemented what was going on. There's really um, I and I loved the people they put together because yeah. if you look at everybody going into it and then coming out of it, you really see talent. Yes. Because the biggest person, arguably on the show, was Elijah Cuthbert, and yes. she had come from Twenty Four and Are You Afraid of the Dark, and having a good movie career with Old School and Boy Next Door, and being this weird thing because she was always doing comedy, but she her main thing was Twenty Four. And yeah, everyone Kim knew Bauer. Her Kim Bauer. She's Kim Bauer. Of, and yeah. she came in and they did this is another pivot. The community is another example of a show that came out around the same time that pivoted into being just weird and changed what its format was. Yeah. And found its characters. Mm-hmm. They made Alex dummy like more of the dummy and yeah, which I what, think it was what,
0: such a great choice. Which she for wasn't her. there. And
1: by the way, they did the same thing to uh gillian um gillian jacobs gillian jacobs when they realized oh she's charlie brown everyone shits on her and yeah that's really it yeah. and that's kind of alex is like they were like oh alex is everyone's <laughs> little sister and she's a dummy the only really unknowns were adam paley and uh
0: eliza no eliza coop, well, eliza coop was on was doing scrubs she had she had done the scrubs right role. well she was on scrubs but casey wilson was on that's- snl like a hot second but people knew her from snl so i I was gonna say casey wilson i was gonna say
1: casey wilson had one of those uh things that like a lot of people have had with snl which is cool it's not working
0: right and the cast really and i want to go back to talking about the the script and kind of how fast it is with with the jokes flying at it it's like his girl friday the yeah joe and anthony russo have talked about how they came out of their experience working on Arrest Development, which is another one of my favorite shows, in that they learned in the writing, in the editing room to just, they would tell the editors just suck all the air out between the jokes for happy endings, and that's why it comes at you and so also, fast. And also, it doesn't surprise me that it's the same people who, creatively who are involved with community. Exactly. Joe and Anthony Russo, and then, of course, they've moved on to doing Marvel movies. But which no, you can even wonderful. see that when in, in
1: you watch Todd Margaret, uh, the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret, yeah. which they directed. Yeah, um, but the 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 shows they really stayed with though were. Community and Happy Endings. They really did yeah. the pilot for Arrested Development. They did the first couple of episodes. Yeah, but, and that, then kind of and that's what, but that was their calling away. card. That's mm-hmm. what got them to do pilot after pilot after pilot. Exactly. But then you see them stick with sh- the two shows being Community and Happy Endings. Right. And you can get their process if you really... Community did a great thing on their DVDs. They put uh, commentaries on every single one of the episodes. Oh, interesting. So you can really listen to how something can change.
0: Yeah, the the way that the jokes flow and the and the actors all get along so well on happy endings and yeah. they they play off of each other so extremely well it's Well while wonderful. I absolutely love the show
1: I think that there are some episodes where they kind of phone in the stories and they oh, let the sure. they let the jokes be there there's an episode where Alex gets a racist white white supremacist parrot and I think that that's very cartoony that's like what you'd see and it all just kind of it, uh, those jokes aren't really working, and but I think there's one funny joke in that episode, which is Eddie, they're like tailing like these people going. They think a uh, an underground sex shop is happening in a Chinese restaurant, and Max just keeps going. We gotta tail them like the wire, like and the I just wire. think that, that I think that that joke is very
0: funny and works re- yeah. well, but. I would actually say that the payoff for the bird storyline is actually in the third season when they kill it. When they kill the Barrett, so I think that that's really where the payoff for that storyline is, because we actually get to see uh, Casey Wilson and Damon Waynes Jr. be together, and also witness Casey Wilson dislocating her shoulder from slapping him so hard. Well,
1: Casey Wilson and Adam Pally are—they came in being the most unknown in my mind, and mm-hmm. they came out being the they were the most the, those are the people who I think brought it the most to the show. Yeah, Damon Wayne Jr. still doing the TV game and comedy game. David Casp Casey Wilson came back with Mary Me right afterwards,
0: and because they got married.
1: Yeah, Eliza Coop's keeping in the TV. Yeah, Elijah Cuthbert did that Ellen DeGeneres show right afterwards. Yeah, one big happy with Nick yeah.
0: Zano who
1: plays in the third season. Yeah, and in then. Pete. The person who really got into movies was Adam Bally, did yep. Iron Man 3, and he's just been popping up in movies ever since.
0: Yeah, he's in a movie with Rachel Bloom that just premiered at South by Southwest.
1: Yeah, and he was in a pretty good movie, blanking on the name. I want to call it Shutter Lake, but that's wrong. It's with Rain Wilson, and it's great. It's a
0: crime movie that's like told in reverse. The one person, Zachary Knighton's been popping up in a couple of shows that I've been watching too He's popped up in Santa Clarita Diet, LA to Vegas. So he's doing smaller co star support. But I will say this
1: like, these actors are, like we say, like what brought this whole thing together was the talent of the actors. Yes. And the actors are constantly, when every pilot season, Damon Wayans Jr. gets straight offers to be the lead of shows and either doesn't take it because he doesn't want to do it uh, or the show doesn't go. Uh, Another thing that happened with TV, and I know Warner Brothers has problems. When you get a job, you are in first position. But let's say you're on a show and you want to go do another show, that other that second show becomes second position. Damon Wayne Junior did that on the new on New Girl. Yep, he had done two pilots, b- both ended up going, which is great. But he was in first position to Happy Ending, so it wasn't like he chose Happy Ending's. Like, no, you're coming with us. And New Girl was like. Done. So, which
0: explains why Coach leaves after the pilot and we get Winston, which honestly was such a lucky break for Lamorne Morris, who's fantastic, Yeah, but Blue girl.
1: But now like Warner, I know Warner Brothers, we had problems getting somebody on another show. Warner Brothers is like, we had this thing happen with Damon Wayans Jr. We're not going to let it happen again. No <laughs> one's allowed to do anything. Um,
0: oh, oh my gosh. So let's go into talking actually about the characters. Uh, one of the things that I really love about this show is that you know, the characters, they are so out there and I think they, you know, they do take all of these friends tropes. You know, all these characters are very, are based very much on the friends characters from Friends. They even make a joke about it when when Brad's on uh, the anesthesia from being at the dentist. He's pointing at them and being like, you know, uh, Ross, mm-hmm. Rachel, you know, uh, Fat Joey. <laughs> You know, and he goes through all of that, but it's the characters. They are also really batshit, and they kind of mess with each other a lot. They screw with each other a lot. They mess up a lot of things for each other, but ultimately, air code, their code. Oh my god, uh, Temple Grandin. It's they are still so supportive of each other at the end of the day. And I think it's so wonderful. And they're weirdly supportive, too, in these strange, strange moments that you wouldn't necessarily expect to kind of see that support for them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really wonderful to see them love each other like that.
1: I don't know if you, how familiar you are with Patton Oswalt's stand-up. They basically like made Max a character from as Pat Oswalt stand up he's like I always go into movies and they want me to play the gay best friend he's like I want to be the gay best friend but I do not want to be helpful every every gay best friend just has something like quippy that they come in and they solve all the problems and they know the answer no I want to just not know who wh- anything and be that and like they kind of got that with Max.
0: Max does what he wants and he does it on his schedule he doesn't really care about the rules a whole lot he often gets chastised for throwing out the rules for things you know what we were just uh we were actually right before we started recording one of the episodes that uh i had just seen was when max gets another tattoo and max is jewish as is adam and they jane makes a comment of you really don't want to be buried in a jewish cemetery do you and Dave says you really don't want to be buried in a Mexican cemetery either after Max gives his reason he's like jokes on you because my corpse will probably be unrecognizable. So he's he sets his own rules because he knows how his life is going to be. He knows that he's a mess. He doesn't he doesn't really want to fix it. We actually see him fix his life and then proceed to ruin it again because he thinks that his ex-roommate is after him when really he's been in a coma for three days.
1: There's so many, like, back to, like, jokes, because I think that was the forefront of everything, even with the characters. When you stand, how do you, where do you put your hands? Like, there's just weird things. It's like, Max is pretending to be street so they can get into a country club. Like, he's like... You don't know what to do with your hand you start doing that weird thing where you're like, huh, huh look at these things and or yeah. like Jane like will do weird things where like she puts her hands in her mouth when and, she's flirting. And, and like or like there's these weird things that like are very human and you know that like you do that and friends do that. But it's just a weird thing to like articulate. Uh, yeah. And another like great I mean, I'm jumping around a lot, but that's fine. One of my favorite episodes is and it's probably one of the only episodes of the third season i really love it's the where they show how everybody met but everybody's met through like knowing each other their whole lives or dave was uh max's roommate in college but they show that they meet brad and they met brad because max and brad were on this on like an unaired season of the real world
0: real world sacramento yeah
1: and everyone came to visit and that's how jane met brad and it's just like so perfect because everyone's supposed to be in the 90s. Jane kind of looks like Gwen Stefani. It's Brad is like, has like this, and it's mentioned before, like how he loves like Arsenio Hall and stuff like that. Yeah. He's got this very like Fresh
0: Prince kind of look to him. And it's there's so much. I've never actually watched. The real world. So I don't know. Do people actually visit watching the sh- like? I don't watch the real show? world. I don't
1: watch real world either. But I'm aware of it in the zeitgeist, and I've seen clips, and I've seen my like sister and my cousins yeah. watch
0: it. Happy endings. They they yeah. They really do this combination of not only just jokes but they also do a commentary they also do it's a lot of pop culture too physical, it's a lot of pop like culture, like the john
1: hughes
0: scavenger hunt that's you have to know john hughes to really get it and to like understand their references as to why it's weird that they're doing this but also Chicago appropriate. Another reason I love the show. Wait, is, yeah, you're um, you know, from I'm there. from Chicago, so you know they mention things. But I mean, it does drive me nuts to watch the show and know that they film on a New York street in, on Paramount lot. And I mean,
1: that's the same thing Chicago wise. They film out in L.A. for the league, and you could see and, palm trees. And or, same
0: with same with Shameless. They film my on boys the WB like. And so I'm watching this, and I'm like, that's not the right architecture. But it, but the thing about Happy Endings too is that they also really masterfully i think work in a lot of meta jokes there's a there's a point where max even says i understand why no one likes web series all right it's and it was actually after they had or now i know why no one loves webisodes and it was after they had actually released happy endings webisodes that nobody watched It's like all of them in a car right or something like that yeah and they they make a lot of meta commentary and a meta jokes about you know, Penny stopped using a after the first season, and they're like, "You stopped yeah, using this." Yeah, they bring it back it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they make a comment about it, and they manage to work it in because they've set this world as being super weird and super out there. And the rules. are I mean, they've done different. some great things.
1: I, my, the episode that really sucked me in and said so, and that like I, I would watch it when it first came out, but the episode that really sucked me in. Was it's called Dave of the Dead and the premise is it's when Dave gets his food truck. Yeah. Uh, leaves his job at a meat plant, which is another thing that ruined the first season being out of order. Is Dave has a food truck in the beginning, and then you see how he got it later. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I get it. But they, uh, but that episode is like is like perfect. Penny starts dating a hipster, and then there's they're like they're comparing like Jane and uh max are in a weird zombie contest to see who would re- be able to survive the zombie apocalypse longer which is so perfect but it's and they they do weird r- random competitions there's one episode where they're shooting nerf guns all over the place <laughs> oh my and they, god they try
0: to shoot it into paul Shears window or something like and that. they end up setting his apartment on fire yeah. it's that whole nerf gun thing is one of my favorite bits that they've done on that show they also, you know, Brad's really sad, and so Max and Dave are shooting Nerf guns at him, and it's it's just so weird and wonderful. My, I would say, like one of the one of my favorite examples of you know them being ridiculous, but then also really turning to a very human side of the characters is in the episode where Penny actually breaks up with Pete. In it's uh she got yeah, game like, night yeah. in the third season. Penny breaks up with Pete, who she's been engaged with for four months now. She's been dating for four months, been engaged with for shorter. And Dave and Alex come in after Dave has been trying to figure out what he should do, what job he should take with a psychic and a card reader. And he realizes, I've been my own psychic all along. You're like, Dave, why, buddy? And he comes in, and they're going through all of this, and they're talking about all of this, and the and the other four are trying to interrupt him, and be like, "Dave, now's not the time." Dave, now's not, now's not the time. And he tries to guess what what's wrong with Penny, and eventually she says, "I broke up," with, or somebody says, "She broke up with Pete," and it immediately switches from being really goofy about this whole psychic thing to Dave and Alex being immediately sympathetic to Penny. And what has happened? Well, that is
1: something that also worked really well for something like How I Met Your Mother, which everything would start of trying to snowball until the snowball stopped when I got when it hit like a metal like feeling thing, and yeah. then that would cause the snow to all the problems to kind
0: of melt away because there was the stakes were bigger. Right. One of the things I love about all of these characters is that they are these archetypal sitcom characters. But they're all twisted in some weird way.
1: I'm just, yeah, I'm just this kind of changes it a little bit. I'm re, I'm just looking up random quotes from it. Jane, you're acting extra nuts. I'm not talking like mistaking the teaspoon with a tablespoon kind of nuts. I'm talking about Mel Gibson downing a five-hour energy and showing up at bar mitzvah
0: kind of nuts. It's so good. Jane's my favorite. Jane is my favorite character. It's well, like she polishes her fax machine. There's what else? Oh. There's. There's a great episode with We her. could just sit here and just quote this show. Well, I like I like the episode where she
1: uh tries to like incept to Dave that she didn't have didn't have sex with Alex. Oh uh, yeah,
0: the Kirkovich way. Yeah. Which I was reading and people have a lot of mixed feelings about that episode because she that is a very actually emotionally abusive thing for her to do is to gaslight her husband and for her. But to teach does Alex it Alex to fine. gaslight Oh my god. the extremes that she goes through, the fact that it's the receipt that is the slip up of oh no, this isn't overdue. It's you know, hasn't it's been checked out in only two days. I'm just
1: gonna keep interjecting happy endings quotes. It's so good. Guys, we're gonna tag along with you to that briss. Alex never been to one and I don't remember my first two. <laughs> of course the second one was less of a religious ceremony, more of a horrific
0: jet ski accident. This is the most romantic wedding proposal next to a, a car fire it is they you know max's limos on fire tampa is not a place you go it's a place you end up that's accurate <laughs> accurate yeah it's that's the thing about the show is that there's so, so many you should take them to things you should take them to bone town the the jokes per minute in this show it is so nuts i you know as i was re-watching it to prepare for this for this episode is really honestly kind of watching the script as you're watching the show cool. and in seeing like that line is a joke that line is a joke that line is a joke that is the setup for the next joke like it is each line in and of itself is a joke my favorite episode of the whole show is actually from the third season it's no ho ho um it's where we find out that jane is a christmas baby it's yeah. one of my favorites mostly because i love jane we get to see all of Everybody's like weird Christmas holiday obsessions, which is just so weirdly wonderful to see that Max is addicted to eggnog. Brad is obsessed with hip hop Santa. Alex has a weird gift unwrapping fetish that she needs to keep under wraps. I really don't get that one. (laughs) You know, the, uh, those are candy canis sources and it's, you know, talking about all of that weird Christmas stuff And, of course, anything that focuses on Jane, I'm into it because she's my favorite. So, yeah, all these characters are super wonderfully weird. And so that I want to segue into our game, which I think you're going to do very well on. It's uh, character quirks. So, yeah, they're all very weird characters, but they have some very specific quirks for some of them. So I'm going to name a quirk, and I want you to tell me which of the main six characters that it's associated with. Okay, cool. Okay. It's, it, I, I feel like the stakes aren't high enough because I'm not playing against anybody, but okay. Okay. You're playing against yourself, and you're playing against me. Uh-huh. And I'll shame you if you get it wrong. Competed in pageants as a kid. Oh, that was um, Alex. Oh, okay. Penny. That was Dave. Because he, with the ponder hands, terrible. Uh, used to do a jackass-style activity. Activity. I'm going to say Alex. Brad. Uh, believes in ghosts. That's Alex. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. This is one we talked about earlier, but who believes in psychics? Oh, Dave. Knows Italian when drunk. Dave. Penny. Huh. She, knows, she speaks fluent Italian, and these, she flirts with a bunch of Italian guys and right. I, I leaves all the messages. Me. Uh, I would say arguably Bisexual.
1: Jane. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, is a Christmas baby. Jane. Is addicted to eggnog. Max. Has slash had a breakup restaurant. Brad. Has a Groupon problem. Brad. Alex. She buys all the Groupons, the puppy Groupon. It's amazing. Uh, Has Rosalita's as their emergency contact. That's Max. <laughs> yep. That is a joke that I use all the time. Uh, And hits their head on everything. I don't know. I'm going to say Brad. Penny, Penny's always hitting her head on stuff. That's why she gets the helmet. <laughs> she gets the helmet, which I, is—I mean—I just think it's,
1: it's stuff like that. Like the they give the sippy cup to Alex because she spilled oh Yoo-Hoo once, God,
0: just the one time. And it, yeah, there's just so many very specific quirks, and that's the thing is that like you could easily apply a lot of these to different characters because they could be obsessed with the thing for a very different reason, and. It's just weirdly wonderful. I seriously, I love that. You know, this place is my emergency contact. I use that joke constantly. I have a regular bar that I go to, and I'm so close to making it my emergency contact because I'm there enough. Now is the part of the show where we are going to do the thirty second pitch. This is something that's on the air that you think people should be watching.
1: Okay, I'll let count, you count me in. to so like three, two, one, go. Well,
0: I'll let you say what show it is, and then I'll count you. Oh, two. that
1: makes more sense. Okay. Uh I guess the show I want people to watch, is, and I'm pitching, is Scrotal Recall. It is also called Love Sick, and I'm not. This isn't this isn't the explanation, but like it was called Scrotal Recall, and then it was a British show and went to Netflix, so they called it Love Sick because they were like, "We're not calling it Scrotal Recall," but I've, I will always call it Scrotal Recall.
0: I've seen Love Sick. It's so I'll count you down. All right, three, two, one, go. So it's about this
1: dude who. Like, gets chlamydia, and each episode is him telling each of the girls he slept with that he has an STD and they should get checked. And it shows, like, the past, but it really is about the relationship between him and his friend group and how he's in love with his best friend. The season finale of the first season made me cry. It is amazing. It's touching. It's great. Each finale, actually, is is solid. But uh, charming British guy who plays young uh, genius in Genius. And stop. That's it. Yeah, okay.
0: It's great. It's a great show. Mike, do you have anything that you want to plug for the people, anything they should follow you on, any social media, anything you have online that they should that they could watch of yours? Yeah, I got nothing. Got nothing? Uh, I'm not on any
1: social media. And, yeah, I made a movie a while back. I mean, if you really want to watch it, you can go to MikeSolari.com. It's there. It's about steroids. You can watch it. One of the it stars Keith Powers from *Famous in Love*, on from *Jessica Jones*, and Nafisa Williams from *Black Lightning*. Yeah, boom. And so there I made go. that, and you can watch it.
0: Other than that, uh, don't try to find me. Uh, I'm off the grid. Off the grid, but he's here right now. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jack Loves TV. Uh, I will actually be playing at the Pack Theater this Friday, Friday, April 26th, at the 1030 show. They're doing like a pack philharmonic. I'm going to actually be one of the musicians. I'm going to be playing my tuba in the show. I'm very excited. I I do. I do play tuba. So I'm very excited about it. I get to actually use my, my music skills for a good cause. If you like the show, you can rate and review on itunes it really helps people find the show please tell your friends about this show i'd like to thank my producer christian humes for everything he does Uh, i'm part of the zeit network and i will talk to you all next week bye